Welcome to the Solo Women RV Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and advice from solo women RVers, van lifers, and campers who are making their travel dreams come true. Whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert, this show is for you. Join us. Just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone. Here's your host, Kathy Belch. Hi, all, and welcome to episode number 56. I've got a great interview today with Shelly Kepford, and Shelly is going to share with us the nine RV maintenance things that you can do yourself. But before we jump into that interview, I just wanted to give a little update from last week's episode where I talked about the issues I was having with my RV and what was I going to do? Was I going to continue on my trip to Colorado? Was I going to go get my car? Was I going to fly there? What was I going to do? Well, I'm happy to report that Tucker and I are on the road. We're currently in Wyoming making our way to Colorado. I did go back to Portland and had a mechanic take a look tried to get the fuel filter changed and said they did like a whole fuel system flush out, uh, said it should help. I quite honestly haven't really noticed a difference, but, um, you know, my van is driving. It's driving okay. It still doesn't have the oomph that I would like. I'm struggling still a little bit going over some of the passes, but you know what? So are some of those big semi-trucks out there. We're trucking along. I'm not overheating or anything like that. And, um, and we're going to Colorado. And we're just going to do it. Just going to do it the best we can. Um, I am primarily taking the interstate right now. Just because I've got some ground to make up. From going back to Portland and coming back out. Um, and the, the trip's been, been going okay, putting in uh, lots of hours on the road and took the time out a couple days ago to interview Shelly and stopping here uh, tonight to record this so that I can get this out this week. So uh, I'll be in Colorado in a couple days and I'll give some updates from that. But for now, here, let's listen in to my interview with Shelly. All right, Shelly, Shelly Kepford, thank you so much for coming on the Solo Women RV podcast to talk all about RV maintenance. So welcome, Shelly. Hi there. Hi there. Um, Shelly, I did want to have you come on because I know that you are a uh, registered RV inspector and a certified RV technician or did they or did they flip flop those? Uh, you flip-flop those. Okay. <laughs> you are a certified RV inspector and a registered RV technician. And I wanted to have you come on and share a bit of information about some maintenance things that we can do ourselves on our RVs. Uh, but before we jump into all that, I do want to back up a minute and have you tell a little bit about your RV journey, how you got into RV and, and how you got into solo RVing. Um, I've been around RVs since probably 1985 or so. Um, my husband at the time and I had one that we traveled around with. And then 
I we sold it and went our separate ways, and I didn't get back into RVs until 2014. I love RVs; they're neat. I love to just go look at them to see what they're doing with. Them. Um, I am currently full time. I have a 45 foot toy hauler trailer fifth wheel that I pull around. Um, how did I get into solo? I've been wanting to do this for a very long time and my husband was ill and we knew he wasn't going to make it to travel with me so him being <clears throat> excuse me him being a retired long-haul trucker he taught me the basics about pulling a big trailer and you yeah. know just use your common sense so I try sometimes I'm not sure I have much sense but I try I was going to say that's a pretty big trailer that you're hauling and it's a toy hauler so what toys do you have in the back well, I have a little side-by-side, -side, <clears throat> but I don't have it with me right now. It is sick to uh, Arkansas to work on. So the toys that I have that I originally bought a toy hauler for, so I have four sewing machines. Oh. Shawl embroidery machine, and then I have three other sewing machines. And that was my reasoning for getting a toy hauler was so that I would have a place to set up my machines and sew. Okay, that's pretty cool. And have you been do and has that come to fruition? Are you out there sewing in the back where the toys are? Um, yeah, I have been and, and it's funny because I've got my sewing machine set up here in the living room. I've got room plus I can open up the back and I've got a patio and I've got patio doors and it's it's really nice to have. That's so great. now how long have you been full time? Um, almost a year. I sold my house in Southern Oregon last summer, moved into my RV and, and you know, you see people all the time say, Oh, I'm full time. I'm full time. I live in my trailer in an RV park. To me, that's not full time. And that's just my opinion. Others might not agree with me. My opinion of full time is I'm full time. I travel full time. Okay. I don't just, so I'm coming up on a year. Um, I retired on September 24th last year, September 27th. I pulled out and off we went on what I call the great adventure. Nice. Where has the great adventure taken you? Uh, um, I have a friend who came and got me and we ended up down in Quartzsite, Arizona for the winter because by the time we got there, it was the middle of October and with the weather changing around the country, I didn't want to be traveling around and having to deal with that. So we decided the best place to sit was out in the desert. So um, we left there in March and <clears throat> went around to Corpus Christi, Texas. We camped on the beach for a week, right on the beach. Nice. Now, when you we say left. you're traveling with a friend, are they in their own rig? Yeah, she, this is another solo lady. Um, her husband passed away three weeks after mine did, but uh, she has a 31-foot Class C motorhome, and then she pulls a 20-foot car trailer behind with her little car on it. Okay. Uh, we've both got super long rigs. Yeah, so when you two are coming down the road, oh, it's going yeah, sure. to take me a minute to pass you both. Yeah, yeah. Hers is probably a whole lot smaller smaller than mine right yeah <laughs> from here but uh all right so yeah, you went um, to Portside, you went to corpus christi where else did you two travel or where did you travel uh, 
Well, we went around to the infamous Magnolia Beach, and after spending a week on the beach in Corpus Christi, we were kind of done with the wind and the sand and that. So we camped close to Magnolia Beach, and then we came on up to Athens, Texas, which is where I went to my training at the National Academy in Athens. That's where I, the first week was RV Fundamentals, and I ended up a registered technician after that week. And then two weeks at, after that for the certified RV inspector. So we did that. She had to go back to Colorado. I left Athens, and I went on up to Arkansas. And that's where I got this tray. I traded another toy heller in on this one and took off and went to Nashville. Oh, for a fun. couple of um the escapees rv rally was in nashville and then i also have friends there so i got to visit them back to arkansas to finish moving out of the other trailer and into this one and then down to livingston texas which is is quote unquote home that's that's the escapees club headquarters and that's where i get my mail and stuff so i decided okay. i'd spend a month and get my house put together and my trailer needed some work done on it, and I had to take it to a Keystone dealer. So okay. that's why, because this is a Keystone dealership where I'm at. I gotcha. All right, so let's get into your training now. What made you decide that you wanted to become an RV technician? Because I like to fix things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're already, you were already pretty, you felt pretty handy before you signed up for the course. I haven't forbid. I, I get scary sometimes. I, I, I'm an x-ray technologist. I have a bachelor's degree in um, radiology. I'm not the doctor. I'm the person that takes the pictures. And part of that was I learned the fine workings of an x-ray machine. And oh my, I was dangerous. Mm. I know just to be dangerous. But yeah, um, I've always been mechanically inclined. I, I get out and work on cars. I was helping my brother change the clutch in, in a car when I was 12 years old. I used to change my grandma's oil. Okay. And, yeah, I like to fix things. Plus, living in one, I needed to have the knowledge to be able to fix my own. Yeah. Boy, I wish I had that knowledge. Um, people who've been listening to my podcast know that I've just had a series of breakdowns this summer. And so uh, <laughs> having the, the mechanical knowledge would have served me really well at, at, by this point. Um, so do you, so you work on the RV part. Do you also know about um, the motor? The, I know you're towing a trailer, but some RVs do have motors like mine. Are you familiar with that as well? As far as the RV training, no, but as far as what I know about engines, yeah, I know quite a bit about engines. Um, you know, my ex-husband and I had two auto repair shops, and I would get down there, put the coveralls on, and help him rebuild engines. Okay, but, I had no idea. That's wonderful. You know, I, I don't know enough to to really diagnose something. I can get a pretty good guesstimate on some things going. So not okay. the other stuff I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your training and what you're hoping to do with it. I think one of the things that drew me to you was that you had posted that you wanted to 
empower women and offer inspections and, and courses or classes for women. So let's talk a little bit about what your plan is now that you are certified and registered um, as an inspector and a technician, what you, what, what's your idea? Why did you want to do this? And, and what's your dream with it? Well, because I, I belong to gosh, four or five RV groups. Most of them are women on Facebook and they scare me. They flat out scare me. I'll see somebody on there who's like, I've never been around an RV. Oh, I just bought my first one. And then, and then it's like, okay. Um, I know people mean well when, you know, well, I, I need this advice and, oh, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. People mean well, and sometimes they'll get the right information out, but more times not, they don't. Um, with, with weights of stuff, figuring out weights, just because your truck is rated to pull 10,000 pounds doesn't mean you can have a 10,000 pound trailer. Right. Because there's a whole lot of other things you've got to look into and consider when figuring that out just stuff like that i you know I, I these these women and i love them to pieces i my husband passed away i'm gonna get out there and i'm gonna camp or my husband has no interest in camping i'm gonna go by myself but i i don't know how to do this or i don't know how to do that or or, or. that's why i decided to take the training so that i would have the credentials behind me so that somebody could say, you might accidentally know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, just, I, I want to empower women. I want to educate women. I want to say, you know, let me help you do this. My, the name of my business is Life's RV Adventures. And my tagline is, let me help you with your RV. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's what I want to, that's what I like to do. All right. But, so let's get into some of the nitty gritty. One of the things I did want to have you come on here to talk about was some RV maintenance things that we could do ourselves. So what are some of the things that are on your list of RV maintenance things we should learn how to do and can do ourselves? Uh, you know, I've, I've got a list and I've been really thinking about it. And I think one of the biggest things is to know your RV. Mm -hmm. You know, aren't aware that I've got a battery where, so find your battery, find your batteries, plural. You may have, you may have two or three, you know, in a motorhome, you've got a battery under the hood for the engine part. Then you've got other batteries that are house batteries that run your lights and your furnace and your refrigerator, you know, know your batteries, know where your batteries are at, know what types of batteries you have. You've got wet cell, you've got, maintenance free um the wet cells they you need to take the caps off of them and look in there to see if the water level is up and if they need water put distilled water in don't put tap water in because if you don't put water in you're going to kill your batteries you know um make sure that you monitor the charge in your batteries because if they get down to a certain point it's not good for those batteries uh, check your battery cables, grab a hold of them and make sure that they're tight on the posts. You know, you don't want them wiggling around because that's a bad connection. And you could be having issues due to that. Make sure that they're clean. Um, and that's, that's with any type of battery, not just the wet 
what cell batteries that's with any type of battery right. look at your kids they're in good shape make sure that they're tight on there they're not tight and if you're comfortable with get a wrench and tighten them up if you don't know how to do that find somebody you know don't be afraid to find somebody and say can you come help me i don't know how to do this okay don't feel like you don't want to look like an idiot look like an idiot because that's the only way you're going to learn um Let's see. What else have I? Got? So you talked about batteries. What else would we, what else should we be looking at? And, and also I want to kind of ask what, like at what cadence, like how often should I check my batteries? You know, maybe once a month, just, you know, especially if they're the kind that you've got to add water to mm-hmm. make sure that they've got water in them because the, the water, the, the battery has got it acid in it and of course you got to have the water in there for the acid the acid and the lead is what makes the charge and if your water gets low then you're not going to be able to make a charge your batteries are going to be toast so you know whether you look at your monitor panel but sometimes those panels aren't accurate but you can still check your cables and make sure everything's working fine and make sure everything's clean so that, that's a really good place to start. Know where they are. Know which is your house batteries. If you have a motorhome, know which is your, your engine battery, your coach battery. So start learning the terminology and what things are. All right. Besides our battery, what else should we be paying attention to? Tires. Oh, Tire. okay. And look at your tires. And if you have to crawl down underneath your rig to see the inside of the tires and the spare tire, crawl down under there, get you a piece of cardboard or blanket or whatever. Look at your tires, look at your sidewalls to make sure that there are no bulges or cracks or weird looking things. Look at the tread to make sure that there's no cuts in the tread. Make sure that your tread is deep enough. And a really good way to check your tread is to take a Lincoln head penny, stick it down in the tread. And if the tread goes past the top of Lincoln's head, you're okay, you know, deeper into his face. If it doesn't come to his head, you need new tires. Okay. Um, learn how to check your tire pressure. Your, the tire pressure that they should be at is on the side of the tire. Learn how to check your tire pressure and monitor it. Check it all the time. I've got what's called a TPMS, a tire pressure monitoring system that I've got on my trailer. I've got a little monitor thing in my truck that shows me what my tire pressures are because that the tire pressure is one of the biggest causes of blowouts and tire failures. So you want to really make sure that your tire pressures are where they need to be. And so, you know, get out. If you're going down the road, you pull into a rest area, go back and put your hand on your tires and see if they're really hot. You know, if they're hot, sit for a few minutes, let them cool down. You know, um, look at the information on your tires and, and learn how to decipher because some tires are only rated to go 60 miles an hour. Some tires are rated for 75. And I wouldn't want to be pulling a trailer down the road going 70 miles an hour and the tires are only rated for 60. That's not good. Okay. That's good advice. Um, your power cord. Whether your trailer is a 30 amp, a 50 amp, your power cord is really, really, really important. 
you can physically inspect it, look at it, make sure there's no cracks, cuts, anything like that in the insulation. Make sure that the plug isn't hanging by one wire on an end. Um, make sure that your ends are clean. You don't have mud on them, whatever. When you're plugging them in, you want them clean because that's just something else to kind of like the, the battery terminals. If if they're dirty or loose, right. you're not going to have a good condition. Your 110 is you want to clean it or look at it, make sure that it's not cracked or damaged or anything like that. Um, another thing that I've got is water hose. Uh, I've seen it come up before about, do I really need a pressure regulator? And I've had people say, oh, no, 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 you don't need, yeah, you, you really do. You really need a pressure regulator. Even one of those little inline ones are not the best, but that's better than none. I've got one of them that's got the dial gauge. I think it was $25 on Amazon. And every time, no matter where I'm at, I put it on and, and turn my water on and see my pressure is first. And I've seen people say, oh, I've never been anywhere where the pressure's been really high. And I have. And mine, I can adjust the pressure on. Okay. But yeah, the whole thought process behind that is, is you don't want to be somewhere that ends up with high pressure. You're going to blow your seals and your sinks and, you know, your toilet and anything else that uses water. So you want to be really careful about that. Um, something else that I thought about is... Your refrigerator vent, even like your your hot or your hot water, your water heater. I don't call them hot water heaters. They've got a door on them. Open them up. Make sure that you don't have mud daubers building mm. nests because that will make it where it doesn't want to work. Your refrigerator, the way that your your propane refrigerator works is it's got to have air circulation going from the bottom up and through the back now at the top open that up and just kind of look around and make sure that it's cleaned up there's no mud daubers something that i found that works really well is i take my iphone and i turn it so the camera is reversed facing me and i stick it in there and i take a picture where i can see up through and all you have to do is be able to see daylight up above um that's a really good tip. I had mud daubers that had gotten inside my heater. And, and when I turned it on one year, I ended up having my CO2 detector go off. And so it had, it was blocking the circulation and the, um, the, the carbon monoxide was coming back into my van. That could have been a really dangerous situation. So um, that's, that's a really good tip. And let's talk again about how often should we be checking for things like this you know um you, you think about when the, when the bugs and the insects start getting really active that might be a good time to start checking maybe make it like a spring and fall thing something like that you know going into winter where you're going to need your heater make sure that your furnace vent isn't closed up um in the summertime when it's really hot Make sure that your refrigerator has got airflow across those coils because otherwise it's not going to cool. It's going to be warm. Maybe every six months, everybody should set up a maintenance routine. Make yourself a list of what you're going to do. And when you do it, you can check it off. You know, another thing too is, is your roof. Get up on your roof, check all your seals everywhere 
where there's a joint, around your vents, around your air conditioners, down both sides. Make sure that the, that the sealant isn't cracking, doesn't have any holes in it. And if it does, you know, again, if you're comfortable with doing it, you know, you can clean it and you can seal it. If you're not comfortable with that, or if you're not comfortable with getting on your roof, find some 25-year-old, mm -hmm. somebody won't charge you a fortune to get up there. Hey, you know, can you get up there and check my roof? If, if you do that, have them take pictures of your roof so you know what it looks like. You know, I as soon as I bought this trailer, I was up on top checking all the seals and stuff, measuring for solar panels and that. But you need to know your rig. You really do. Even the, the seals and the joints down the side, the seals around your slide outs, you can get it's it's slide out conditioning or slide out seal conditioning spray to spray on them to keep them to where the rubber is soft and doing what it's supposed to do. And you know, people don't realize that you know you need to be checking those. And just to me. To me, it's easy, but to somebody else, it may not be. And again, you'll have to be comfortable with getting up on a ladder or a step stool or whatever. Find somebody and say, you know, hey, can you come and check this and this? Maybe I'll bake an apple pie or, or something, you know, if you can. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about having a maintenance routine and a list. Is that something that you have on your website? Do you have a website? I have a website. I don't have it set up yet, and I need to get busy and do that. There are maintenance lists, all sorts of different websites have got them, RV websites. You know, just going to do a search, RV maintenance list. And I've got my my departure checklist of what I need to do, and even though I do it, all the time, it's really easy to miss stuff. I've got my routine. When I break, break my trailer down, I always start up in the front, work my way back and inside and outside, stuff like that. Don't be afraid of your RV. You really need to learn your RV. You need to know when something doesn't sound right. You need to know when something doesn't look right. You need to, to think, okay, yeah, in my go check my daubers and and my refrigerator's not cold why would it not be cold there's other things that can do but you know for for basic the easy stuff go make sure that it's got airflow yeah stuff like that um hey i have a question about um air con or um the refrigerator now i have a refrigerator that runs on propane and on electric now i know it needs to be level for it to for the propane to work, does it need to be le level also when I am plugged into shore power? It does. Okay. And that's more just because of the the, the fluid stuff that's in it. it. It's really weird. It heats up and it cools, but it's ammonia in that and it's gotta be level for the system to be able to work right. So it doesn't matter what the power source is, whether it's 110 or propane, it's got to be level. Got it. Okay. I always wondered that. So thank you for answering that question for me. So did you have any other things that we should put on our regular inspection list? I have seen 
posts from from women and this isn't in, only in the women's groups this is in some of the other rv groups oh can i pour grease down my kitchen sink an emphatic no don't pour grease mm. down don't pour grease in it because that grease is not going to go anywhere but in that tank you're going to have problems you know paper towels are your friend wipe your pans out throw it in the trash if you get to where you get a bad odor coming out of your your great great stuff your your sinks and your drains take some of your um your toilet chemicals and put it in the gray tank and that will help that that my dog is whining hmm. um but yeah because i've had to do that before in the other trailer i got to where I was smelling it and like, what the heck and i put some of my toilet chemicals in it and it helped it so okay but, great so we can yeah. use those in the gray as well as the black tanks yep just pour it down the drain and run some water down and you know it'll it'll help the odors good to uh, know uh, but just as far as other general maintenance goes you know the biggest thing is is learn your rig get your routine down as far as setting up taking down if you're breaking down and getting ready to go and somebody wants to come up and visit and talk to you ask them to wait until you're done don't let them interrupt you because you will miss something and it mm -hmm. might end up i don't yeah. like your power your hose or something like that you know that's why i say checklists you know as many times as I've broken my trailer down, I, I use my checklist so that I don't miss stuff. Yes. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I, I have my um, bathroom door needs an extra nudge for it to stay shut. And even though it's on my, you know, I have the list, I haven't been looking at it because I know it now and I'll drive off and the door will fly open. I was like, oh, I have to pull over and go slam the door. So yeah, a little, even a little thing like that. Yeah. Well, see, that that's the benefit you've got of, of having a motorized one is that you're right there and you can hear it. Now, me, where I'm in the truck and something like that happens in the trailer, I don't know it until I stop. It's like, uh oh, yeah, <laughs> everything's all over the floor. The cupboard opened and everything's all over. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, these are some, th this has been really helpful, Shelly. These have been some great tips, things that we can just do ourselves and things that we can learn. Um, now, you do you have good resources for where to find this information out? Let's say, you know, like, for example, I resealed all of my seams on my van at the start of the season. And I, you know, I watched a couple of YouTube videos and followed their instructions and was there a way for us to know if the YouTube instructions we're following are good ones or not? You know, um, the, the school that I went to, he puts out, it's called two minute tip, two minute tech tip Tuesday. So that three times fast. Mm -hmm. He puts a little kind of a how to video. He's, yeah, I, I trust him because he taught me. Again, that is NRBTA, and they've got good information. There That's are several YouTubers that I follow that put out really good information. You and, are, you, do you mind naming them? 
One of them is Changing Lanes RV, Chad and Tara. They've been living in their RV for five years now, and it's probably still like new. He's just very anal about everything that he does, and I've learned a lot from him. There's another one, Jared Gills. I think his YouTube channel is all about RVs. He's getting ready next week to go to training up at the NRVTA. Oh, all um, right. So, yeah, there's 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 also RV Miles, Jason and Abby Epperson. They they have a really they have a lot of good information on their website, their podcast, their YouTube channel. I, I've watched them all the time. They're really good. And we'll add links so, to all these in the show notes so that people can find them easily. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, just like I say, know your your rig, whether it's a trailer, motorhome, whatever. Know your rig. And when you're, when you're purchasing an RV, if the person you're purchasing it from doesn't really know enough, you, we could have hire someone like you to come in and, and show us all around. Is that right? Yep. The website is nrvia.org, National RV Inspectors Association. And there is a locator on there, a locator map. And I'm the type of person that I, I like to help people. So you also talked about wanting to offer classes. Are, have you started those yet? I haven't done yet because I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do that part yet. But yeah, the services that I offer are the, the classes. What I want to do is how I had envisioned it is maybe go to a campground or something like that and say, hey, I want to do this kind of like little how-to session for a group of women and put it out there. And so I get five or six women, maybe $20 each, you know, cover a little bit of the fees and we'll have our hour and a half of how-to. Um, another service that I provide is that for $399, I will sit down with you for four hours. We will go completely through your RV. I will answer any questions that you have about your RV. We will push buttons, pull switches, do valves, anything, any questions that, that you have about your RV, I will do. I've got advanced PDI walkthroughs, which when you buy an RV, new or used, whichever, you're going to get a PDI walkthrough from the dealer. They quote unquote show you how to use things. And it just very some dealerships are very thorough some dealerships 15 minutes here you go when my other fifth wheel that i had we bought it brand new when we bought it i actually knew more about it than the salesman did than the guy mm. doing the pd about it that's that's just that's sad because people go by their first rv and they don't get a thorough here's how you do everything Right. So yeah, there's probably a lot of turnover in that industry. And so, and there's a lot of different rigs that come through. So, you know, their job is what they want to do is get it out the door. They're, they're not that interested in you knowing how everything runs. They just want to make that sale. Exactly. You know, and, and on that note too, that 
I met a, a lady when I was in Livingston for a month. She there, was there in the park. She went and bought a brand new trailer. She thought, oh, a brand new trailer won't have any issues. And it had a lot of issues. Oh, so, yeah. I, you know, that kind of comes back to breaking down to pay the inspection fees. Inspections aren't cheap. So, yeah, there's a lot of different things. And I travel around. I'm getting ready to head to Colorado and then back to Arizona. And so as I travel, I change my, my location on my locator map. So, you know, and I've been known to travel a little bit to somebody if if somebody who's listening to the podcast says, hey, you know, I, I got this bunch of ladies and we'd like to have a session. Okay, maybe if it's not like clear over on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast or something like mm-hmm. that. RVs are fun, but you know, they're like anything else. They're house on wheels. Don't be afraid to get in there and do do things all right well thank you Shelly it's been a great conversation I really appreciate your taking the time to come on and share your knowledge with us I am sure that this information is going to help someone out there who's listening that's great thank you so much once again I would like to thank my Guest Shelley for sharing all of her wonderful information. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, take the time to get to know your RV. That's the number one thing you can do to ensure your safety on the road. Number two, learn about your batteries and the type of maintenance they need. Number three, check your tires before every trip to make sure that they're in good shape. Number four, Inspect your power cord before every trip. Number five, a water pressure regulator could save your plumbing. Number six, check the vents on your refrigerator and your water heater to make sure they're not clogged with mud doppers every fall and every spring. Number seven, check all the seals and seams on your roof. Look for cracks or places where water can get in and seal those. Number eight, do a departure checklist of all the tasks you need to complete before you leave a campground. And don't let anyone distract you while you're in the middle of it. Number nine, finally, create an RV maintenance schedule and follow it. Shelly will be sending over a list and we will post that on the blog for you to reference. Thanks for listening to the Solo Women RV Podcast. Please join our email list over at solowomenrv.com to stay up to date on all things solo travel related. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a podcast sponsor. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash kathy-belge. And if you know someone who would benefit from what we talked about today, please share this episode with them or leave us a review over on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really helps and makes it easier for others to find us. The Solo Women RV podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.